Hello everyone, this is Product Book Club Podcast, part of productbookclub.com, where we meet once a month to discuss a book related to product management with other product colleagues. To check the upcoming discussions and join us, visit productbookclub.com. Okay, um, so yeah, hi everyone. Uh, my name's Phil. Um, so yeah, sorry, uh, Carlos couldn't be with us today. So Carlos is um, normally the host here. Um, so, I, so bear with me. This is my first time. Be kind, be nice. Um, I have some key OKRs around this. My key objective is to get through it. <laughs> um, but no, um, welcome. This is the Product Book Club. Um, we're here to discuss um, Measure What Matters. Um, we um, we did try to get the author for this one, um, but unfortunately we weren't able to. Um, so it will just be us discussing it. Um, for anyone who hasn't read the book, uh, this is around objectives and key results. Um, and I think as we discuss it, you'll probably get to know more and more about it. Um, the objective is the concrete action-oriented thing, um, and then the key results are the specific measurable stuff underneath that that deliver it. Um, there's four superpowers that we're going to talk about. So um, being able to focus and commit on priorities, align and connect for teamwork, track for accountability, and stretch. Um, I think the stretch was a, is a very interesting concept that we'll talk about. Um, later on in the book, it then talks around continuous performance management. Um, and I don't know if anyone else felt this, but I know when I was reading through, that was my, um, I was about to go, ha-ha, the um, downfall of OKRs is the lack of focus on people and performance. Um, and actually, um, yeah, they cover that as, as you get into that second part of the book. Um, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll share our thoughts. And um, what would be really good, um, so as, as we were talking earlier, um, it'd be good to get people's observations. It would also be, as you talk about your observations, good to know your relationship with OKRs. Do you use them already? Um, have you used them before? Uh, so yeah, it'd be really good to get your relationship with OKRs. Do you use them? Have you used them? Are you thinking about using them now? Um, I'll, I'll come clean and say, um, so I'm one of the product leads at New Look, which is a fashion company in the UK. Um, we're creating our, our product team from scratch at the minute. So I'm really keen to get OKRs embedded there. And previous to this, I was at booking.com where um, I was just talking to Tima. Everything runs off OKRs, but I'd never knew the history behind them before that. So I never knew the background of and the oh, psychology, psychology behind it. So yeah, I, it was very interesting for me having used OKRs for a long time, but never actually understanding the psychology behind them and why they exist. Um, so Anna, did you want to go first? I know you, you were keen to do some intros. Did you want to share your thoughts on the book? Um, okay, I can do it. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, nice to meet you guys. So I, I found actually your um, club or by accident, so just uh, uh, looking at my uh, LinkedIn feed. Yeah, so it's it was really nice uh, discover. Uh, so my name is Anna. I am product manager from Ukraine. I'm working in a small IT company. And uh, I also uh, didn't think about the history of uh, OKR. So for me, uh, like uh, I uh, use it intuitively because uh, it's very, very s simple. Yeah, you have these goals. Uh, you actually set up what you're going to do. And then you're looking for the different ways how to do it. 
uh, like so you can measure it. Uh, yeah, but uh, for me, it was really um, like a very interesting and uh, I was really impressed uh, by the history behind that and uh, by the achievements that different companies like uh, Intel, uh, Google, uh, YouTube uh, got uh, thanks to this uh, uh, OKR system. So <laughs> that's why um, I decided maybe to implement uh, some ideas uh, I faced in this book. And uh, here is my like uh, three takeaways from this book. Uh, first one, it is about teams alignment. So I really um, uh, realized that it is very important uh, and very crucial thing for your team um, to be on the same page. Uh, I mean that maybe it would be better uh, for, for me and for my team to run some monthly meeting okay. and to, to see if we um, can uh, understand they, uh, each other OKRs, because we really depend on each other's OKRs on that success and performance. For example, for my designer, it is very important that I uh, create uh, very good specification and documentation because uh, to create addictive and user-friendly design, uh, he would like to know personas and so on. So if I uh, like uh, achieve my OKRs just uh, on 50% that uh, I cannot expect from him to hit 100%. Yeah. So this is about team's alignment and everyone should understand the uh, his uh, teammates uh, OKRs in that case. Uh, the second takeaway, it is about recognition. Uh, usually in this uh, conversation, feedback and recognition system, uh, we have uh, like a feedback and conversation because of this retrospective meeting. We usually discuss what went wrong, what went good, and so on. But uh, I feel uh, not myself, but like for, for my team, the lack of uh, recognition uh, because we actually. Uh, don't have uh, something like achievement of the month of the week and i guess it would be better to think about it and in the implement in my team for example if uh, some guys like our developers will solve solve some challenges and i guess it would be better to recognize it and to say uh, in my team uh, on some meeting that okay uh, this is achievement of the week it's really cool uh, and uh, like about the uh, th third uh, takeaway, it is uh, about the setting goals and actually to practice, uh, to find some balance between uh, big and stretch goal and between feasible and uh, measurable and achievable goals. Uh, and, uh, you know, here I recalled one example. It was uh, in the Soviet Union, one case uh, regarding one man. Uh, his name was uh, Stakhanov and he was very famous and he even <clears throat> was placed on the cover of the the Times Magazine, because uh, uh, he beat his uh, minting uh, re uh, record. He was a miner, and uh, he was also founded this uh, miners' movement: uh, how to beat uh, the records, to uh, to be a better worker, a harder worker, and so on. And it was very popular on that time. But the thing is that. Uh, it wasn't his dream or his desire or so on, or his goal. It was just that uh, directive and uh, the wish of the Communist Party. So Communist Party told, okay, you should uh, hit this high goal. And that's it. Just to show their um, 
uh, how strong this system, uh, socialist system is, and so on. And uh, yeah, I, I mean that it is very important to set up a goal that uh, will uh, not finish the, the burnout of different people, you know, because if uh, your team uh, will have this burnout, it is <laughs> not so cool. And it, it, it is like a drawbacks of, this, of, of that system to hit very high goals. Yeah. So, and maybe my uh, questions here, like, uh, uh, did you remember these uh, OKRs that uh, YouTube has, uh, like, uh, to hit one billion um, hours of uh, watch time daily? And yeah. it's really, uh, really crazy OKRs. And I'm just uh, thinking that, uh, uh, was it uh, like a sales dream or something? Was it baked up some by some data? Was it data driven or... <laughs> Oh, how how did they come up with that amount with that number? I, I don't know. It is still a question for me. And yeah. the second and the second question may be actually how to deal with the dilemma. You know, when you are as a leader or a manager set up a very uh, stretch goal, and then you come to the team and your team says, "Oh, we are very scary of this uh, OKRs," and yeah, it's very like a stretch, but it's scary and we, we cannot. Except <laughs> this open yeah, it does. Um, I th no, I think that's a very good question. It does require a certain amount of um, bravery, I think, having those stretch goals. And the YouTube story was very much one of um, bravery to keep that goal when they weren't hitting it time after time. Um, did anyone have any thoughts from what Anna's just shared? Then that they wanted to. Did that inspire any thoughts from anyone? Um, I have a. Mm, uh, some thoughts about uh, your first question about how uh, goals are set. Um, but I have it from um, a bit negative side, I would say. So yeah, my name is Timur. I'm uh, I'm a developer, also working in booking.com. Yeah, and um, I like OKR's idea in general. And uh, I like the teams are fo focusing on achieving goals. But yeah, it's, it's like written in the book that ideas are easy and execution uh, is everything. I think that sometimes uh, me or my team or just didn't understand or didn't uh, Im implement and execute OKRs properly. And for example, um, like you need to have this, uh, your objective, like like YouTube, like 1 billion views, uh, 1 billion time mi minutes of uh, view. And in our case, sometimes, for example, uh, what teams uh, did, they basically took results from previous months and uh, from previous quarters and just tried to, um, you know, make a pro uh, approximation and think, okay, we are going to achieve this a number if we will just do something. Um, and then we'll just multiply on 30% and put it as a one. And uh, 0.7 is what we're going to achieve and 0.3 if we're like not going to do anything. And in that case, it's, uh, I think it's kind of not using OKRs properly. Uh, and also one of the things that uh, people are also- yes. Yeah, I think uh, there was uh, also a question. Uh, sorry, I, there was also a downside of OKRs, uh, like e execution of OKRs, that uh, people were focusing on numbers uh, more and uh, they were focusing on the goals rather than, you know, like um, uh, get everyone working together or like more cultural things that uh, um, people would, trying to tweak reality to get uh, OKRs because they thought that it might be uh, somehow uh, affected performance. And then I think it's really good that book explains that you don't need to actually uh, think about as a 
performance uh, measurement or it shouldn't be um, reflected in your performance evaluation, of course. Thank you, Tima. That's a really good insight. Uh, go for it. Uh, is it Said? Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, I just want to take also the same point. It's kind of like a question which I do not understand. And um, uh, I discuss uh, with my girlfriend. She's also here, Nicola. Um, they, I, I work in a, a tax consultant company in Germany, and um, I'm also a data integration leader. And I use the agile methodology to, to, to work, organize my work with the team. So, um, and in her company, they use the, these OKRs, and we, we discuss this about the goal setting and how, how, how do we make our work more better. And the question came that when we think about a smart goal and in a smart there is there is a part which is achievable right that you can define up front that uh, okay um how realistic it is or how achievable it is so if i say my company's goal is going to be uh, some like creating uh, 1 million euro in at the end of the uh, of of the year right this is very kind of like inspiring but um Okay, and then we can say we put the measurements. Um, okay, at the end of the first quarter, um, we are going to launch three products, and uh, then at the end of second quarter, we launch five products, and so. But how do we? By, by we are setting the goal, we are setting the measures, but we we do not come up with the plan at the upfront to say okay how we are going to achieve it, and if it is achievable or not or if we just launch a project a product does does it really help because it maybe is it about just about the number of products we are launching maybe or we are we getting the feedback as well from the market to improve this and instead of launching 10 products we launch only five products which make better revenue so how does it how, how do you define this achievability of, of those goals or smart uh, of, of these OKR goals in this? So I, I have this question if somebody has thoughts, so I would love to hear. Does, does anyone have any thoughts on that one? I mean, I, I've got a view which I can share, which was um, I felt that's why the KRs were meant to be bottom up. So it was saying like the objectives can be set from a top down, but you can set the KRs from a top down because for that reason it might not be achievable it might not be what the person thinks is the best way of tackling that so I thought it was that um, it was that approach would try and mitigate that but you're right um, no no amount of KRs to team's point um, no amount of KRs may get you to a billion or um, and it is I think even they admitted there was a limitation there around quality because yeah ship five products you could ship five products but they might be terrible. <laughs> Um, it didn't. It didn't always focus on quality. I don't. What did anyone else think? So, so there were two bits that I was going to mention to that. So one was, and I faced this a couple of times when I try and talk about OKRs. There's there's differences between what what you talked about, like the high commitment OKRs, which are we'll definitely do that thing, versus the aspirational ones. And I find they get used by people kind of interjectingly, which means like you'll talk about an objective, and someone in the business assumes that's absolutely the thing you're going to hit, whereas actually you're kind of talking about those audacious like objectives of like a billion views or whatever it is 
Um, so we need to be quite clear which one you're using, because if it's a high commitment one, you can absolutely put smart to that because you're using it as an achievable goal because you've got to have timeframes around it. There's other things that hang off it, like marketing plans. If it's the audacious one, then by its very nature, it, it can't be a smart goal because it, it's audacious. It's beyond what smart should be. So I think those two, you almost need to pick which one you're going after. And I find that a really challenging discussion. Um, and then, yeah, that was the, the first one. And I forgot what I was going to say. You mean, when you're defining the goal, could you, you're trying to combine it with a smart goal? I, th I think you can do if you want a commitment. The other way is is to to pick the audacious goal. And I think the other bit, sorry, I've just remembered my brain's not working today, was around like just because you set that goal at the start doesn't mean you have to continuously hit it. Is that, well, certainly one of my takes was the, the benefit of OKRs is it's a, a transparent structure that you keep talking about. So you've set that objective. And if halfway through your quarter, that is just a mental objective, there's no way you're going to get there. You can have that open conversation. You keep talking about it. And it could be that the number's not right, in which case you can then reevaluate those objectives and those OKRs. You keep talking about them and keep bringing them. And, and it might be that you've gone too low or too high. You're never going to know when you set your first AKR. You take your best guess at it. You take an informed guess, but you kind of reevaluate. You learn. You work with your business, your, your analysts, your stakeholders, everyone that you can. So as you build them, the better you get. And I think there's an acknowledgement of that. That kind of you start off and they're really shaky, but once you've been doing it for a year, you're probably going to be much better at picking those right numbers and actually getting towards them. So I wouldn't be too hard on like trying to, to pick the right thing up front. I'd almost focus on the the process of, of kind of refining it is probably more important to me. So picking a number, fine, take your best guess, but it's then how you refine that to make sure that number is useful to you and that it actually unlocks the work because that's all there for is to make sure that the out like what you what you're building is the most useful things. And yeah, that's that's one of the things I thought. What What do you think about that, Said? Yes, uh, I'm tr trying to think also about the, the, the Agile or Scrum way that there at the end of the sprint we have, um, we do not assume like a classical project management way, we do not set a big goals which, which we cannot able to achieve in the deadline, but we think, okay, um, evidence-based process that our team has capability to build that thing and we have a sprint and we can see, okay, how much uh, the capacity of the team is to fulfill that thing. And at the end of sprint, so we see review that, okay, that was the output of it and that was the input. And that, so that, but that's a framework coming with it. And is, that a, is there a framework which comes with the OKRs also that, or is it like you, you, you're doing it by yourself, such reviews uh, which you said meetings or times that okay this is the time for us to review those goals or so so I, th I think within the book um they talked didn't they um they talked around like bill gates spending hours and hours pouring over okrs um i can tell you from my experience at booking.com uh, we have something called quarterly planning which is where you go and you say these are what my okrs are and the leadership team scrutinize every single one and say oh, are you sure are you sure about this one are you sure about that one um so I think it's that um, there needs to be rigor in within an OKR process. There needs to be rigor at the point they're set to make sure the person setting them and the person agreeing to them who set the 
the audacious goal or the non-audacious goal also agrees. I, d I don't know what other people think. What do other people think? According to uh, what you said in the beginning, um, 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 that like do three projects and uh, it should somehow affect your uh, objective. Um, I think, yeah, um, so there are a few examples in the book um, about, for example, win uh, race, for example, and key result is uh, increase uh, lap speed and reduce pit stop time. Yeah, there are things that make can make you a bit closer to objective, but it doesn't guarantee that it's going that you're going to win. For example, so that's, that's why I thought that my like main um, takeaway from the book that you should focus on OKRs, but don't think that they are very very strict. Sometimes uh, what we did in uh, our team, we also put um, I don't know actually if it's good or bad. Like we were measuring outputs rather than outcomes. Like do five uh, A/B tests or run five projects. Uh, and main aim was something related to users, for example. And there was no like direct connection between um, actions the team does, um, at least from OKR perspective. So that's why I think that, yeah, more benefits you can get if you think about OKR's focus on, 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 on this. Um, and um, overall, you and other teams, you will work in the same direction and achieve uh, the goal, or maybe not achieve, and it's also fine, but at least you work together together achieving this uh, uh, thing. It's, it's worth just pointing out that in the book, he specifically has an example where running five experiments was one of the KRs for an objective. Like that is, I think, acceptable. It, it's whatever you need to do to unlock that objective. And then that could be running discovery. It could be talking to so many customers. So I think that 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 fits to my mind. Uh, I was thinking that um... If uh, people will think about OKRs, like, we have to achieve one in running five experiments, people can just do five experiments uh, that are not bringing any value. And then it will be like, yeah, we achieved uh, full uh, key result. We're happy. You can see and then give us, uh, I don't know, um, good performance evaluation in the end of a quarter. So in that case, of course, OKRs doesn't work. Um, and I think that was why towards the second part of the book, they tried to say, um, don't judge people just on OKRs and their performance or attainment towards an OKR. Because if you do that, yeah, you 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 create that. Um, I think they were talking about it as a sales culture where it's you do whatever you can to hit the bonus or to hit a threshold um, and you do it. You cut corners in that sort of way. Um, has anyone else got um, a thought that they'd like to share from the book, a takeaway, something that struck them? Yeah, can I? Okay, I yeah, can, please. Uh... Yeah, please share, Senya. Okay. Oh, um, uh, and and if someone else, please uh, after Senya. Awesome, thank you. Uh, hi, I'm Senya. Um, I wanted to add to the uh, to the point that Timur Timur was making. So, like, uh, I think uh, John stresses a couple of times in the book that, uh, ev like, if you achieve all the key results, they should uh, ensure that the goal is the the objective is reached. Then, so like. If you had ran five experiments and uh, like you when you plan it right, uh, the, running experiments on their own will not uh, make you hit the objective right. So like you have to have the other key results that kind of move you to the uh, to the objective. So I think uh, that that point was there a couple of times. Um, my takeaway from from the book was uh, uh, that like 
you kind of like you have the ball behind the OKRs and it's about focus and alignment, right? So it's the whole system where like it's not only like this, uh, um, yeah, like you have an objective and you think how you can achieve it. That's, that's how you come up with your key results. But it's also about like how your uh, whole company is uh, uh, like has the cascade of goals and like you kind of think like how can you all uh, help achieve those higher level goals and like help each other on the same level, for example. So this kind of uh, focus uh, is uh, key, the key here because you can be like rowing in different directions and not getting anywhere. And if you, um, uh, on that YouTube story, like 10, uh, 10 X growth, uh, I think this was about uh, them kind of like really uh, like making this objective so big because they were going through the transformation where they had like one uh, some like one set of metrics first, and then now they were steering more towards the objective of having this watchable time uh, was valuable for them. That was the key metric. So like this huge, super huge goal was a super big stretch, and they knew they wouldn't hit it in the in the, in the year, right? Um, but it was also like a, a focus for transformation, as I understood it. That's kind of my takeaways from this. Thank you. And what, what's your relationship with OKRs? Do you use them? Have you um, used them? Yeah, before? so uh, I was, uh, I actually worked at Booking when the OKRs were rolled out. Uh, and previously, I, I worked in customer service innovations. And we actually used uh, the process similar to OKRs before they were rolled out company wide. So I kind of like, I was weirded out, like, why are we doing this again? Like, you know, like this, we, we've been doing this all the time. Uh, the, our department, they had objectives and like the product team was supporting their objectives with our own uh, kind of like how can we help the growth and so on um so that was uh yeah like uh, and i've, I've seen uh, uh, like an attempt to roll out OKRs in the other company but i think like this uh, management buy-in is one of the things that uh, you really want to have uh, to make this thing successful and uh, um yeah like as, as as long as management has the, their uh, set of goals which are uh, known to everybody and people know what uh, the company is focusing on it's 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 already like one step to success <laughs> awesome thank you thank you senya that was really good um did someone else want to share i think someone else wanted to share a point uh, okay yeah uh, my name is Ong. Uh, i am co-founder and product director at tiki matter a technical hiring solution um uh, i actually i used okrs at two companies uh, and uh, uh, my uh, main key takeaway from the book uh, that uh, uh, commit publicly uh, is uh, really important because uh, we have uh, different teams and each team uh, has uh, their their OKRs uh, shared privately, not shared with uh, each other. So this is a very important uh, takeaway from the book. Um, uh, uh, but actually, uh, uh, some questions uh, uh, were raised while reading uh, the, the summary. Actually, I didn't have uh, time to uh, read the, the full book, so I uh, I studied the summary from uxec.com. Um, and one one key question for me is that uh, it is easy to define OKRs for growth team, sales, and marketing. But uh, how to uh, uh, define a good OKR for, uh, for example, development team? Because uh, we we tried to uh, do this before, uh, so uh, yeah, uh, we uh, uh, set some 
objectives like uh, increasing the velocity and burning the story points uh, uh, more than uh, uh, the previous quarter, but th this was not uh, tied to uh, the, the overall company uh, growth measures. Uh, and uh, uh, this was not uh, when we do uh, uh, some retrospective, uh, it, it didn't work well. Uh, this is one thing. The other thing is that uh, we did a mistake that uh, we uh, linked the, the bonus system with the OKRs. Uh, and uh, th this is uh, really was uh, not recommended in the book. So uh, uh, what, what other practices you uh, define the, the bonus system in your companies uh, to sort of resolve this? Thank you, thank you for your um, thoughts and your questions. Um, so, should we take uh, should we take that second question first? So, linking linking bonus to OKRs. What what do people think? Has it, has anyone got the bonus linked to an OKR or had that before? Thanks. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So so I think I think there's your your answer, Amir. The um, that's I think everyone agrees that's not a great practice, and I think that is. It's, it's clear in the book that um, not hitting your OKR is bad and hitting your OKR is good, um, but it, that shouldn't be the totality of someone's uh, performance. Um, your second question, I think that's probably, probably will have more ideas, I think, around, um, so you're saying uh, it's harder for a platform team or a development team to have an OKR versus a marketing or a sales function. Um, what do people think about that? I know Timo will have a view, but does someone else have a view? Oh, go on. Is it Heg? How do you how do Hege? Yeah, I work for uh, I think uh, one of your competitors, so I'm not going to say too much about uh, my company or my OKRs. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't where we find out secrets from the industry. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a uh, unspoken travel company um, with uh, HQ in London, and uh, we rolled out OKRs. Not company-wide, but uh, I guess my team was an early adopter, so we jumped on that bandwagon a year ago now. And the whole company is slowly coming after. So I think this is the first quarter we'll have at some point. We're already well into the quarter. We'll have OKRs that are coming out of the strategy team and are attempting to roll down. Um, something I thought about... In the book, I read it some time ago, so I don't actually remember what it says on this point, but it seemed to me that it starts with what really is a random time box, right? A quarter. It's a measure of time that you can fill with all kinds of uh, weird and wonderful things. Whereas I wonder if the point should be starting with what you're trying to achieve, then adjusting the time box to that. That's one of many questions I've had with OKRs. Why does it need to be a quarter? Often the things that we are working on in my team take longer. And I'm trying to really focus on outcome-based metrics. So I'm not doing any productivity metrics. We're delivering X story points. That's banned from my OKRs. It's all about what we're trying to achieve for the end user, in my case, yeah, the customer. That has actually forced us to work really closely with departments that we have we've you know aligned with before but now we're really working in parallel with them because we wouldn't achieve those ultimate outcomes for the customers unless we really work with customer service and sales and other departments which has been a huge benefit 
of OKRs. Sometimes drives you mad, but <laughs> really big benefit. We've been able to um, actually see the, the real outcome for customers. But I'm not sure about this time box because sometimes it takes us seven months or eight months to achieve those outcomes. So why are we trying to stick everything into a quarter? Don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Does beyond the seasons of the year, I think, and then the uh, the finance world, um, the finance world took that on, didn't they? And um, so, so I think it is tied to finance reporting. Normally, it's um, you have your quarterly results, so therefore, you have your quarterly objectives. I don't, I don't know. Does anyone else have a view? I'm, I'm riffing, making up the answer. Um, there's some examples where they're like a year. So isn't the YouTube one like four years long or three years long? So I think it can be whatever best fits what you're trying to do. Um, and that's one of the things I was trying to struggle with a little bit was with a migration program, for example. How do you have a really big objective that you can continue to have relevant key results for as you build throughout an object uh, out a quarter? Uh, so yeah, I don't have a, a great answer for that one. They did say, they almost said the opposite, didn't they, about, because um, you were saying there, Hege, about um, having them quite far away, but I think, um, wasn't he advising you always have them as short as possible? Because I think he was even talking about monthly key results, not the objectives, but the key results. He was saying um, the closer they are, or the more achievable in terms of time was better. Um, then, then that leads to another question, because for quite a long time, uh, if you're working on a big technical thing that doesn't take, you know, it cannot be delivered in a month, no matter how agile we are, then then we need to look at um, lagging versus leading metrics. Isn't that the term for it? Where, like, which metrics should we be looking at before we can go live with the thing? And we have zero impact on customers before we go live. Yeah, it's... it's um... I think Amir's asked a very good question because um, it's almost like the golden signals, isn't it? It's almost like it's a traffic light system. Going back to waterfall and rag statuses, it's almost like the OKR is to design to know you've got this big goal and you're it's replatform in a year. Okay, after a month, are we on track or not? Are we on course to hit that or not? And I think that's what the key results are giving you. It's giving you that so you don't get a year down 11 months down the line and you go actually we're not hitting that now and that's what he because he was giving the examples of someone's um hitting a 0.3 or not hitting an okr um management know okay that's where they need our love and attention that's where they need our support that's where we might need to try and do something differently but it does it does mean you then need to think in increments so you've got okay a platform change what are the key results along the way what are the milestones and there may not be a I think that's the thing I find hardest with it because you're making up arbitrary milestones <laughs> in order to be able to know am I tracking on course is that that's my take on it what does anyone else think yeah so just very quickly and then I'll shut up I promise so, so I'm facing oh, no, it, a challenge to Tamir and one of the things we've done is we've picked up like capabilities so if, we, if you're not customer facing you're building services you're building a platform out so we picked something like resilience and we said okay our, our objective is is to be 100% resilient and then our key results were things like uptime um, could we um, replay messages if we lost them did we have everything saved and you kind of built those out as key results we were able to say okay so this this quarter we will focus on 
resilience around this particular set of services or this particular part of the platform and by able to hit those key results we then built that so you the customers being the people built on top of our services we were able to provide that benefit to them we were able to say we've hit an objective that's a useful one um, it was quite challenging to do and then the actual key results were quite understandable um, so that was one way we approached it was kind of to break it down into those kind of capabilities because it allowed us to still have a customer at the end of it still have those pieces and to your point by breaking that down you've got like resilient scalability stability all the different bits of a platform you can then chunk them up and approach them and we'll get to a point where hopefully we don't have to approach them individually you then go i'm going to do this thing and i pick off little bits of all of them and then you'll have a key result related to each one um, but that that was how we've started to try and focus and answer the problem that you're facing in there um, it sounds like it's a similar place I think one other one that I'd add, which we did was, um, for example, um, we said we want to be 12 factor compliant. So we said the OKR um, is the fail or the 0.3 is like 70% there. We're, we're 70% compliant with 12 factor app. Um, but then we said 100% was our goal, but actually our above and beyond was um, was doing more than more than is stipulated what what could we could we innovate beyond that that was an audacious goal because you kind of argue there's a reason why there's not 13 but let's let's set that sky because then that will allow our engineers to think is there something else that's not included in those things is there something else we should be doing or something else we should be to make our architecture really resilient um so that's one way that we did it Timo. i'm, I'm assuming you've given that you're an engineer, have you got a view on some of these? Like whether it's um, where it's not a sales or a marketing OKR, where it's a more technical platform-based one? Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, um, initial question was about how to set uh, OKRs for um, product and development teams. So um, usually our team uh, is like, very, very user focused. So that's why we have uh, business metrics that I would like to improve by technical things. And that's why we're not limited to any technical uh, solutions, ideas, and implementation. And we are also not binded to any story points. Um, but you mentioned one thing that you would like to improve, um, for example, uh, how fast you deliver or how, how many story points you deliver uh, per sprint, for example. I think it might be in a good objective if you have a uh, good key results. For example, you know that communication between uh, uh, team members is not perfect, so you can improve it. Or processes are uh, not uh, perfect again, so you can also put it as a key result. And in that case, you can really achieve it, and you can measure it by actually measuring story points as, as you do. Uh, but in that case, yeah, you, you need to understand that it is indeed issue for you that, yeah, uh, team is lacking of, uh, I don't know, retros proper retrospective, proper planning, proper um, uh, um, stand-ups, uh, stand for example. So, yeah, it might be also good uh, OKRs to try if you really think that it's important for you. Thank you. Did, did that help, Amir? Uh, this is a good suggestion, actually. Uh, but uh, how to... Uh, make it related to uh, the um, uh, the overall company uh, objectives uh, uh, because improving internal process for uh, developers 
uh, will be a local objective not related to uh, uh, company growth or uh, achieving more uh, sales deals or something like this you you can you can uh, say that by improving uh, team performance you can deliver more features that are going to be useful for users and uh, as a result my users are, users are going to buy product for example so that's why you bring value to the company so it's just narrow scope for your team but i think it's totally perfect um but again it's all only my my perspective as a developer yeah. i'm not a uh, no, no, I I agree completely, Timo. It's um, yeah. it will um, some things like that. Your more technical OKRs they reduce your cost to serve, they increase your speed, um, they increase your reliability and the quality. Um, so it's those sorts of metrics that are still very customer facing, very attractive from a sales team perspective. Um, albeit you may say we're replatforming, <laughs> which mm. isn't always the um isn't always the most attractive sell um, from a technical perspective. Um, the things that it enables, the outputs that you get and that Timo was talking about, the outcomes that are generated from that are. So ho hopefully that helps. Does, um, does someone have another question or a thought around the book? It's just one to point one thing came to my mind. Technical depth maybe could be used also as a, as, as a measurement that which has impact at the end uh, um, if you, you don't implement right now or right um, if you, you leave it for later for t technical better implementation, there would be a cost related to it which impacts the end result of the user to deliver on the time, for example. Good point. I have a question. Um, this question is uh, to Anna um, because you mentioned that you have a centralized way of um, alignment OKRs, right? So you have team alignment uh, thing. And I think it would be interesting for me personally and maybe for others also to know um, um, how do you use OKRs to align, uh, to align um, team, uh, um, team effort? And also, um, Hege, you mentioned that um, you also have to work close um, to with another department or, or, or team. Also would be interesting to know how you align uh, OKRs in that case. Okay. Uh, actually, it is like my goal uh, to to, al uh, to align on my team, and this is my takeaway from this book, because uh, I guess uh, this is actually can be an issue, you know, when uh, your development team working just on the developers OKRs and very technical OKRs, and that's it. So that's why I would like to uh, to align them all over the business and product uh, uh, OKRs, and um, I would like to add uh, something. Uh, to this uh, uh, also th this question about the uh, developers OKRs uh, for example it could be something like that uh, for example in one of my product I want to make uh, the user journey as shorter as it possible so uh, just uh, for user to take some steps uh, to perform some action and then I go to my developers and I say, okay, guys, can you help me with that? Can you make some magic to make this user journey shorter? Because it is technical um, implementation, how you will do it, you know? So uh, that's why uh, for development team, it would be um, really uh, business-related and company-related uh, OKRs, because if they uh, will do that, if they hit this... Um, 
I don't know, for example, right now we have like uh, 10 steps and I ask them to do like uh, five, okay? <laughs> if they can do it, if they can say me, okay, it is possible, uh, that's, uh, it will be their OKRs and uh, the, it will be actually their goal, uh, objective, and then uh, this is seven steps as the key results. Um, yeah, so um, this is my purpose uh, after reading this book to implement it in my team. Uh, maybe um, during some uh, monthly meetings or weekly meetings uh, to align uh, all our OKRs. So for example, when I can say, okay, this is my OKRs as a product managers. And uh, let's uh, brainstorm about your uh, designers OKRs and your uh, development OKRs and so on. So, and that and the, at the end of the meeting, we can be we can understand each uh, teammate's OKRs, and we can understand the dependency of on on each other's. Yeah. Um, in my case, we uh, this is not a perfect process yet in our company. <laughs> Let's start there. Um, we had by the beginning of this year, we had been working in my team, my development team with OKRs for two quarters, but they were not aligned really to our stakeholder department or the wider organization because there was just sporadic attempts at doing OKRs. So we are working on, I guess I can say that much. We're working on providing our customers with a friction, frictionless customer experience. That's my evergreen mission for my team. And then we have actual objectives under that, which are the more sort of concrete things that we're trying to achieve. Um, this is very much in tune, should be very much in tune with our customer um, service department. But there hadn't really been super close collaboration. So we didn't really know what they were working on over there in customer service. You know, it's outsourced. There's a HQ in London, but we didn't really know what they were up to. So what I did in order to try to align here was maybe step a little bit out of my comfort zone. And I set up strategy sessions with that department at the beginning of the quarter and invited the COO to basically, and my whole development team, all of the developers, the designer, everyone, um, to understand what it is they're trying to achieve. So I invited them to tell us what your strategy is, what are you trying to achieve, give us your best data, what are your your pain points and therefore our customers' pain points? And together we just try to figure out what's the biggest win that we could do. And then we it sounds very easy when I say it like this. It was not easy. There was uh, much frustration on all parties until we reached the conclusion of what we should be working on. Uh, but we did reach that, and we therefore was working on what we all had come to an agreement and understanding of what would be the highest impact thing. Um, and we, yeah, that's how we're doing it. So it hasn't quite figured out like what the cadence is, how often we should have these types of workshops. Um, initially, I thought maybe it would be a quarterly thing, but I think that's too soon because we're working on some pretty big things that we can't really deliver in one quarter. But yeah, that's how we've tried to solve it. That's really interesting. Thank you. Um, how about anyone else? Is anyone else? Um, and and sorry, Hege, on that, do you have? Um, are you sharing your KRs across teams now? So you've agreed an objective. Are you being transparent with your KRs? 
transparent in the sense that we're updating them and they know what we're working on, yes. But we haven't quite got to that formalized stage where we are actually, we have the same OKRs yet. So they are still working on their ones, but they have, they're still at the point where they have like 15 different OKRs and key results and all that stuff. So I think they need to simplify their process a little bit. They're two quarters behind us in trying out OKRs. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> there is um i've i found um trying to come up with an akr especially the blue sky ones and the audacious ones it's really hard because normally blue sky stuff is quite conceptual like like your evergreen statement or your evergreen vision um and an okr is conceptual but with with measures in there which makes it that bit harder sometimes you have to cram it in how uh, does anyone else have any thoughts that they'd like to share Zane, I can I can see you've you've put your camera on. Did you want to share your thoughts? Uh, no, I actually just uh, joined. So she about to read the book, and uh, yeah, it's my first time joining. This oh no worries, no worries. Matt, how how about how how about yourself? Uh, so I mean, I my main takeaway was I was really keen to try and use them uh, and can see so my last place that i was at were trying to implement them but weren't doing them very well the place i'm at have them but they've done them really badly um and i think it's a bit like what anna was reflecting on which i apologize for I'm, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth it feels a bit like if you've got your own akrs that, that that can work but the benefit of them is when they all add up together and you can see them interlinking because then you're able to make sure you're all working on things that enable other things um, and I think what where I'm seeing it is you've got a bunch of different teams you all have their own individual OKRs and they might be similar and they might ultimately have a, a business goal at the top of them somewhere but because they're not the same OKRs they're not linked in and they haven't been through that kind of process they're so you you lose that value which seems to come across so well in the book when you when you read how it's been done in other places so I'm really keen to see but I guess the challenge is how do people like us because we're all on this call we've all presumably either read the book or interested in the book we see the value in this how do we then make that change in these organizations and it sounds like what Anna was saying and what Hegel was saying around kind of almost doing it by building your own ones up and then trying to share them and let more people see value in it that sounds like a really good opportunity um, I'm just really keen to try and actually get it working now but I can I can see how it could work I just don't know like just can't quite get there it's it's a hard balance isn't it because you've got the whole purpose of okrs is to get rid of the silos um and but therefore like hege is saying um it's worth starting something and getting other people to copy and imitate um but then that means to start with you're almost in a silo because everyone else hasn't got these uh, cascaded okrs and um, absolutely what i found so also was to have a really nicely designed template like something that looks quite impressive and to send that out very regularly and give everyone else a bit of OKR envy. <laughs> <laughs> Helps. How, how, how do you send it out then? Is that a mass email? Is it uh, on, on your I internal mean, networks? We have, I'm sure everyone has their own version of this, but we have uh, various channels really. We have channels, we have email threads, we have all kinds of places where we're sharing our updates, right? And whenever I get a chance, I just put the OKR slide in there. Ah, okay, there you go. There's a top tip. So having having a pretty slide is is a top tip there. Um, 
Any, anyone else got any top tips then who is using OKRs or has used them? I would just chime in that, yeah, I, I really like the idea of having a constant visual and a constant reminder because then it builds empathy and gets morale going of like, this is why we're doing this in the first place. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. I um, I introduced a template actually, Hege, on your point, which was um, we had our OKRs and it, and it was pretty. Um, and it was like a thumbs up to say OKRs on course, thumbs down to say it's not, and a thumb in the middle. It was that simple, but it meant at a glance someone could go, out of their five OKRs, three are all right. Out of their five OKRs, one's bad. But trying to avoid, I was trying desperately to avoid the rag status. Can you tell I've been burnt by the waterfall world? <laughs> I was desperately trying to avoid just having to do a red box. I assume you've avoided that, Hege. I've only worked in this way ever as a PM, so <laughs> I'm lucky that way. Brilliant. Um, so we're we're coming towards the um towards the end. So I'd like to um do the picture moment, which Anna, if you're because you're new, um, what we'd like to do is share. Everyone hold up their version of the book. Mine is a Kindle, so I have the same picture every time. <laughs> um, uh, so if we could hold up our pictures and put your cameras on, that uh, hold up your book, sorry, and put your cameras on. And what we'll do is we'll take a screenshot um, to share with the wider audience, because this will be on Spotify, it will be on LinkedIn. Um, so it's good to drive some, some awareness and some promotion. So can everyone who's got the book put their cameras on? And um, I'm just trying to make sure I've got my right view so I can take a screenshot. Although Timo, you're gonna you're going to help with that as well. Awesome. Tima, are you taken? Hang on. Do I'm finding the front oh, page. I have like one in... in the summary. Ah, uh, see, Saeed, you're in my world. You're in the digital world as well. Yes. One. There we go. Two. Three. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Um, so we are coming to the end of our chat, unfortunately. Um, the good news is um, we meet every month um, and we've got, um, we have the author joining us next month, um, which is going to be very exciting. Um, so I'm, I'd be really keen to see you guys there. Um, we have got a, a few more minutes if anyone wanted to say any last thoughts before the is, end. I still have one time? question. <laughs> I'll go for it, side. If you've got one question, go for the one yep. question. It, you you talked about that uh, setting the um, the goals and um, measurements. So it, it bottom up or from the from the top down, and how, how, what what would be the right way actually? If if it is a let's say in the development team environment or there's a, a business goals um, on the top. Let me let me just think about it like there is a company's vision and then there's a business strategy then products come under it and the product strategies and then it's going down always up to the team which is working so how is the right way the the, the top down or the bottom up that they, they, they work together well what, what would the, what would be the what, best way does anyone want to answer I think it's a combination is my view. It, it depends on the maturity of the team, the maturity of the people within the team, 
I, I think unfortunately it's one of those that's really hard to define and I think that's what it says in the book is um, you may have to start completely top down to start with you may have to start saying here's your objectives and your key results um, but try to progress over time to a world where it's more autonomous and it's more of a conversation I think that's the key if you don't feel um, your team are ready to do the whole thing um, or they're brand new to it I'd ease them in by maybe giving them some illustrative key results, setting your own ones and being really transparent and saying, this is what mine look like. This is what I think yours would look like or could look like. I don't know. Does anyone else have a view? I think strategy needs to come from above. Um, and that needs to be clear and understandable, ideally expressed in some sort of top level metrics. And from there on, Ideally, if you're in a situation where you're at least somewhat autonomous, you should then be able to propose your own OKRs, send them up the ladder for approval or at least, uh, you know, some sort of sign off to make sure you're aligned with what the uh, organization is thinking. That's how we look at it anyway. Does that help, Said? That's a really good answer. Thank you, Hege. Thank you. Is, is, is there any book or something which combines agile methodology of working in project level or product level versus uh, this OKRs from the top down and combines it nicely in some way? Oh, we've read so many books. Um, so my, my go-to is always Marty Kagan for these, but I am, I am a Marty Kagan fanboy, I will admit. <laughs> So he, his book, Empowered, and now his more recent book, Inspired, and then his blogs um, that he posts on LinkedIn, um, I would recommend them. Um, but maybe we can take that away, Timur, and put it out as a question, maybe via the LinkedIn um, for Said. Does anyone have an, an answer for Said? Of, are there any books that do this? Oh, I yes, Melissa Perry. Oh. Melissa Perry, um, The Build Trap is really good, I think. And yes, to this topic. which which we did a couple of months ago, yes. actually. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> very on brand. Uh, Senya, you you had a thought? Yeah, like uh, there is a website to the book, right? So I think there would be some resources on that as well. Um, yeah, and there was recommended reading as well in, in the book itself. Awesome, thank you so much. Um, I think I think we're going to call it there. I think that brings us up to well, it depends where you are as to what time it brings us to, but it brings us to the end of the hour. And um, thank you so much, everyone. I really, really appreciated your inputs and bearing with me on my first time hosting this. I hope tell tell Carlos I did a great job, please, <laughs> so that I can I can hit my objective, my key results were to survive and get through it, and we did that. So thank you guys. Um, have a great evening. Um, thank you so much for your input um, and hopefully see you next month when we'll have the author with us as well for strong product people. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you guys. Very much. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you want to check the upcoming discussions and join us, go to productbookclub.com.